Okay, welcome to this episode of Soversations with Mika Morris. My lovely guest today is my cousin, Marlo Hager. Hi, Marlo. Hi, world. Hi, Tamika. So excited to be on your podcast today. Oh, I am so excited to have you. So we had a little conversation yesterday, a little pre-conversation. I try not to talk too much to my guests beforehand because we like to leave it all for the platform. Um, But I love that you text me back the title of what today's conversation is going to be. So let's just start with that. The power within me. So apparently, y'all, my girl got a book. And if when you hear this story, you will see why she has a book deep down inside of her. And I know after this, and not because of this, but because of her story, she will sit down and write write that story for us. So welcome, babe. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming me. <laughs> I'm saying welcome, but thank you for having me. I'm so excited to tell my story. Yes. And a story it is. Um, okay, let's just do a little brief background. You're from PG County, Maryland. At this yeah. point, you was raised in D.C. But can you give our, our viewers who don't know you a little short bio? Um, my name is Marlo, of course. Um, like Tamika said, I'm from D.C. Um, I had suffered with heart problems and other things that I like to discuss today. I'm a go-getter as far as getting what I want done and taking care of my family. That's most important to me. So you're a mother? (laughs) I didn't even get into any of that. Um, My mom, she's, her name is Iris. That's my angel. Um, She's been living with me now for hmm, 30 something years it's mm-hmm. like we can't part ways but anyway my mom is iris my father is gregory and he just recently had a hip replacement so i'm praising god for him making it through his hip hip replacement and giving me plenty of trouble <laughs> um, i have i have one sister um on my mom's side and two brothers one which passed away in 2013, uh, I believe it's 2013. Don't don't quote me mm-hmm. on that. But yes, um, his name was Gregory Jr. And I have I have three children, one of which passed away um, four years ago, and he left me with a beautiful grandson, and I currently have two daughters that's still here with me as well (laughs) so that's pretty it's a it's a pretty deep story that's filled with blessings and loss yes blessings and loss um cancer you're a cancer survivor i am i um in 2010 i was diagnosed with abdominal cancer hodgkin's lymphoma and um, during that time, um, when, well, I was feeling pain three, three weeks prior to um, me seeing a doctor mm-hmm. and went to work and was discussing it with one of my friends. 
um, how my stomach was hurting so bad. And it was like an internal hurt, like deep down. So she suggested that I go to the doctor. So I went to the doctor, took off work, went to the doctor, not expecting anything like this to come about. But I went to the doctor. They did um, a scan of my stomach and everything. And two doctors came in after the scan. Mind you, I'm by myself <laughs> getting this information. The two doctors came in and they told me that I 99% that they are 99% sure that I have cancer in my shoulder and oh. down my side and all the way across my abdominal area. I was by myself. So needless to say, I was scared to death. Right. And so they sent me for a PET scan. I went for the PET scan. And of course, everything was positive. I had a bone marrow um, work done, a procedure so that mm -hmm. they can pull the bone marrow to, you know, to, to uh, clear that it was cancer. And it was, it was stage three Hodgkin's lymphoma, which in which I was told it was, it was moving rapidly. Had to be aggressive. Whew. It was, it was, and literally upon me having that, um, that visit with the visit with the doctor, they told me that I needed to have chemo immediately. So I did that. I think that was like on a Thursday when uh -huh. I discovered it. Tuesday, I was in there being injected with with medication for, for chemo for the cancer. Yes. Okay. Um, Let me let's pause right there. Take a breather. <laughs> You're doing good. Okay, so how old are you at this time, Marlo, when you get this diagnosis? I was 45. Okay, so at 45, you're going through life, life is popping, you're at work, you're, you know, you're like a typical black mother and woman, have pain, push through the pain, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Luckily, you had that outlet where you told a friend and you actually listened to the friend's advice and went to get. And that's important. I wish that when people hear this podcast, that they understand, listen to your body. Yes. Just listen to your body. It's telling you stuff long yes. before a doctor will ever give you the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And we will not sit and, and listen to our bodies, you know? Mm -hmm. And so because you did listen to a friend who said, go to the doctor and then you get this diagnosis, which you were so like, you felt probably like, really, body? That's what we doing today? <laughs> exactly. You, exactly. you, and at no point did it ever cross your mind that it could be something life threatening, right? Nothing. I never even imagined having to go through that. Never. I was so healthy. I actually was raising my niece as well as my three mm -hmm. kids at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it, it just hit me out of nowhere. So, so when you got the diagnosis and you just was like, what? Mm -hmm. What was your immediate reaction? My immediate re reaction was praising God, asking him to see me through this. I can yes. make it through this. Yes. That was my mindset immediately. Good. Like, I have to live. I have to be here. I have to be here for my children. My children need me. That's, all, that's the only thing 
that kept you. I always held on to is that I can't go nowhere. I don't have, I don't have nobody to take care of my babies the way mm -hmm. I would take care of them. Mm -hmm. So from that moment forward, I was like, okay, give me what you got. If I got to take yes. chemo, let me, let me have it. You know? Okay. So yeah, it was, it was life challenge. It was a challenging situation. But like I said, I made it through, you know. But you went through the chemo, you made it through, you made it to the other side. And then shortly thereafter, hmm. what happened? <laughs> I say maybe. And we wish it would have stopped right there at cancer, okay? That's, that's what hey. we're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, after the cancer, I'd say it was probably a year and a half mm -hmm. later or maybe a year later. Mm -hmm. I found out that I had um, congestive heart failure and I was like, okay, what is this? So I'm looking up, you know, congestive heart failure, you know, and the doctor's telling me that my left ventricle is not pumping enough blood to my body and that it's definitely on the verge, you know, of giving up that I needed some assistance with that. I, I may need assistance with that. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, let me do whatever you, you, you need me to do. And at that time, as time went on, um, mind you, that was in, what year was that? I can't remember the exact okay. year. You're like me. We don't, we don't hold on to numbers. We just keep living. <laughs> nope. And, um, and um, after a while, my, um, my numbers had gotten so low that they told me that I would need an LVAD, which stands for left ventricular assist assist device, assist the device. Mm -hmm. That's the um, you know, the the, the little monitor. Yeah. Yeah. Um this this machine I had to carry on on my body mm -hmm. for 24 hours a day, mm -hmm. seven days a week. It was a bag that weighed six to eight pounds mm -hmm. it would go across my shoulder and come out uh, uh had a string um i'm saying it wrong it's not a string i can't mm -hmm. re remember the terminology that they mm -hmm. use for it but it entered my stomach and attached to my heart my left i'm sorry i get so shaken mm -hmm. up when i talk about this but bear with me mm -hmm. but anyway it went through my stomach and connected to my heart. This actually kept me alive. I had to carry two batteries in this pack, which I had a machine to load the batteries on and to switch them out. You know, as whenever the sound beats, I know I need to it's change. Kind of change. Yes. But I would often try to catch it before, just mm -hmm. before it beats, because that, that sound just drives you crazy, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, it's like, like an alarm. It's like, hey. It definitely, that's what it is. It's an alarm. Like, you need to get this change within the next 10 minutes or mm -hmm. else my heart would completely stop. Okay. So okay. I, Can you mm -hmm. pause right there? Mm -hmm. I want you to tell our listeners how the chemo affected your body and now it mm -hmm. turned into the congestive mm -hmm. heart failure. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So a healthy person who winds up with stage three cancer who gets through the stage three cancer now has a faulty heart mm -hmm. exactly now you have to carry a bag around 
24 hours a day until yeah. until until I received a heart transplant mm. um, the chemotherapy first of all the chemotherapy was exhausting mm -hmm. I was so tired you know every day you know I had to take off work and I was off work for maybe six six months I think mm -hmm. and um yeah I went for the first, um, after the first six sessions of the chemotherapy, and they said that the cancer wasn't clear. So they had to add another um, two rounds of chemotherapy. Mind you, I used to get these, um, the therapy every 21 days. Mm -hmm. And I would have to go Monday and Tuesday mm -hmm. of those 21 days, you know, 21 days later back again. So after the first six rounds of it, I was still still messed up. So they got me the other two, and then I was cleared. Mm -hmm. But it really it it took a toll. Yes, it affected me tremendously from my I mean, you know my confidence that I had. Mm -hmm. You know, losing all my hair, literally seeing it come out in my hand as I brushed it. You know, that's our pride and joy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. And you know, it just, it just floored me. So I just asked someone to cut it, take mm -hmm. it off, just bald, bald it until, you know, until it would grow back, you mm -hmm. know, and, um, did that. I did that. And, um, my children were so supportive. Yes, they were. My son, my son, he used to be in trouble all the time, <laughs> at school. literally, literally all the time. So I sat him down and had a conversation with him. And I told him, if you want me here, I need you to straighten up in school. I can't come to the school to sit through classes. I can't right. do none of that. I need you to do what you what I know you can do. He straightened up. Not one problem. As a matter of fact, he became an honor roll student. Yes. <laughs> it's crazy because, you know, I'm so used to him coming home with these <laughs> messed up grades. And I'm like, oh. You could have did it all the time. You know, mm -hmm. I know, I knew you could do this, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, he straightened up. And so that was, that was heart feeling. He didn't want to be a burden. He did. He didn't want to be he a burden. Did. None of them did. But one thing I must say, I have an older daughter, Raven. Mm -hmm. She is such an amazing person. It's, un it's like, I can't even describe to you how good she is with her mom you know with helping me you ain't got to tell me I know but the listeners need to know that that baby girl honey <laughs> she is a blessing yes so, yes she is my younger daughter she's a little, little stubborn you know she was in mm -hmm. her early teenage years she's but... a, she was a baby and to see her mother go through that I'm sure that was yes. that's a lot you know she was little at that time mm -hmm. yeah actually I'm, I'm a little ahead of myself. She wasn't mm -hmm. a teenager at that time. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, she was very helpful. You know, I tried to give her information about my condition, but not too much. Because mm -hmm. you wanted to still be a kid. Yes. I'm mm -hmm. like, this is your problem. This is mommy's problem. And we're going to fix this. Right. <laughs> we're going to get through this. Right. Yeah. And you so, persevered. I did with flying colors. So I, <laughs> so okay. I, and then, and then the heart. 
<laughs> Excuse me. In the heart. Okay, the LVAD that I was speaking of, mm -hmm. it, I had to get the LVAD first, which was a open heart surgery. Mm -hmm. They opened my chest, put the LVAD in, and closed me up. In which the LVAD, with receiving the LVAD, my chest was supposed to stay open so that they can see, you know, how it was functioning overnight. But they closed it instead of leaving it open, like they told us, you know, in, in the uh, interview or whatever, consultation. Mm -hmm. um, with that being said, I had serious complications, complications when they put the LVAD inside of me. Initially, the first LVAD, we had issues with infection. Um, my LVAD was infected, so my chest, they had to reopen my chest, leave it open to, to debride it. That was done um, for a whole week. My chest was open. Open. I was in ICU and, um, you know, getting that wound flushed and cleaned mm. for a whole entire week. Um, I went through that. I was in ICU. I made it out okay with the first surgery. Well, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. This isn't the first. This is the second time. Mm -hmm. they opened me. Okay, that LVAD failed me. It malfunctioned. It needed to be replaced with uh, a more updated LVAD. Mm -hmm. They replace this LVAD. With this LVAD, as, as you know, it malfunctioned. It shut off in the middle of the night, meaning my heart has stopped. It wasn't, I started feeling dizzy immediately. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for my oldest daughter to remind me, take, take my machine, my LVAD, and disconnect mm -hmm. it from the machine that I had to sleep on at night to put myself back on batteries so that my heart can start beating again. Wow. She was, I don't She became I, a whole doctor. When I tell you this <laughs> was on it, she was on it. Yeah, she was on it. I'm sitting there about to pass out. So I, I can't even think of what uh -huh, to do. Uh -huh. yeah, disconnecting the cables and connecting it to my battery pack or whatever. And immediately I could feel the flush, you know, the relief. blood uh -huh. coming back. To my mm. heart. It, it was crazy. But after that, um, that caused me to have to get the third heart. surgery. Well, it, it I'm just counting the surgeries here. Mm -hmm. You know, I had the, the first one and also had to be reopened for the infection. The second one, I mean, that's the second one. The third one was the replacement of the entire machine. Yes, they had mm -hmm. to take take it all out, debride me to make sure that, you know, no, no infection was mm -hmm. still breathing inside of me. They sealed me up after a week. Um, and I I think that one was okay mm -hmm. um, for a while. Uh, but I ended up staying in the hospital, I think it was maybe two months during mm -hmm. that time. Mm -hmm. Because the infection kept coming back. Right. Even on, even, you know, after they did the. Oh, breathing, you had, I had to mm -hmm. go back in and have another surgery. Um, okay. And during that time. Walking miracle. 
after I am, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. after I was released to my room, mm-hmm. we discovered that I had um burns, bed 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 sores mm. on my on my tail. From being there for two months. I, not I was, moving. I no, when I was in ICU. They right. weren't turning me every two right. hours. Like, like they were they supposed should. to. I was sitting and melting into the bed. Ugh. Literally, I still have scars right now that are, they, they, they're second and I think they were second and third degree burns mm. on, on my buttocks, buttocks. And I tried to, um, you know, seek an attorney, but because it's a big hospital, nobody wants to go against the hospitals, you know. You didn't didn't die. You're okay. I also had scars in in the back of my head. And I still have those scars. It's it's like a slant all the way down with missing hair. It Uh looks like somebody hit me in the head with something because it was extreme. It was wide open. And at the time I had braids in my hair. I had um I think four braids, Uh you know, to keep from having to bother with my hair. Not knowing I was going to be sitting in the bed laying two hours in their hair. I mean, two months. Um, yeah, all the time, and they not move me. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that that was an issue, you know. So I suffered with that, and you know, I kept complaining to them initially. My head is hurting so bad, you know. And like, nobody ever thought to check, like they, why? They looked at it because I had the braids. The the doctor was like, mm, I don't see anything closed it up so you know it was hurting so bad when I got into rehab I told my daughter take the braids out let's see what is back there is there something on my head you know what is what is causing this pain we took it out she combed it out hair just came out when she combed it out it was literally this much hair sitting on the table when she finished Mm. she opened it she said mom look like somebody hit you with a hatchet in your head because of the mm. scar was so open mm. and they they had to send a wound doctor to care for me in the hospital for you know because you got an infection in your head now jesus yeah. yeah no the head was fine as far as infection it wasn't infected okay but it was just open where i had to and then they tried to say that they didn't cause it i'm like i've been in here for six weeks so mm. far this is a brand new you know, a scar. Right. Tell me where did I get it from if I didn't get it from you all? Right. They, they couldn't say anything. Of course know? not. That's a lawsuit. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So I had this nurse who is one of my good friends now. Um, her name is Stephanie. And mm-hmm. Stephanie took care of my bed sores, you know, mm-hmm. in my head and made sure I was good for months. She actually was the nurse that would come after literally every time I was hospitalized they would send her you know with the so pickle. sweet mm-hmm. so sweet yep with the and now she's a friend oh she thank is. god for good health care workers yes she's the mom, mm. <laughs> she the mom. yep and I also didn't mention I just want to shout out my friend Charlene that the one that told me to go to the go hospital. to the hospital yeah thank you Charlene for saving my cousin's life she did. <laughs> she yeah did. yeah how did you mentally get through all of this part of your life, Marla? Be honest, Tamika. My kids were my inspiration. I prayed. I prayed 
And once I said that prayer, um, once I said that prayer, initially, I told the Lord, I'm going to go, I'm going to make it through this. You have to help me to get through it. They were my inspiration. You know, I can remember the first surgery and my mom <laughs> and my mom, while they were rolling me into the, um, into the operation room, the first surgery, my mom, everybody was fine. You were there. <laughs> you were there. Mm -hmm. And, um, my mom just broke down. She broke down. It was, it was, it hurt me so bad because, you know, we all were so chipper in there waiting for them to call uh -huh. me into surgery. Uh -huh. We sitting in there laughing, talking. I'm in there wishing I had food, telling y'all to eat in front of me because I'm hungry. You know, I'm greedy. <laughs> <laughs> so all I can think about, I need to eat something, but you know, I'm telling y'all to eat so I can smell the food. <laughs> But yeah, my mom broke down. My mom and my daughter, they broke down so bad seeing me going there. And I'm like, don't stop crying. I'll be back. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll mm -hmm. be back. You know? And so I just told them to will me, will me, because I will me away. Cause I didn't want to be right. That energy. You didn't want to yeah. take that energy and I, over you know, here. Mm -hmm. And I was so, so good before going mm -hmm. to, to, to the surgery room. But mm -hmm. when I saw my mom and my daughter break down, it just. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot to take with you in surgery. Um, <laughs> did you have any moments while in surgery that you could like out of body experiences? Did you feel anything? Did you know the presence of God or or were you just sedated and that was that? I was sedated, girl. I was okay. <laughs> okay, I know those are the best sleeps. <laughs> I tell you, I was knocked out. You know, they give you that count to three thing. I'm going to put this milk in you. <laughs> so turn it on. Shoot, before I got the two, I was out. But, and you know, I the I wasn't, a, you know, with all the surgeries that I've been through, I was never afraid. I was never afraid. I, I think love that. The only, hmm, the only one that really scared me was eventually I had to have a heart transplant. Okay. I stayed in a hospital for... And this was two years ago. I stayed in the hospital for four months straight until they could find a heart for me. This one day, my doctor comes to my door. It's 1230 in the morning. So he comes through the door, busting in the door. Miss Hager, I was like, I jumped straight up, you know, sat up in the bed. And I'm like, I know you're not going to tell me what you're going to tell me. I know you're not going to tell me. He was like, we have a heart. We have a heart. And I mean... It just, everything just rushed through my body. I couldn't even sleep. I couldn't sleep. Mm -hmm. And the not. surgery wasn't going to be until six o'clock in the morning. Mind you, this is 1230. So once I got that information, the nurses started coming in, you know, getting you prepared stuff mm -hmm. to do, you know, giving me my wash and everything that I needed before I entered the surgery room. Everything just went so fast, you know, mm -hmm. and that was the only surgery that scared me because okay. I'm thinking to myself, Lord, they're taking, they're actually taking my heart out and going to put a new heart in, which is you know, somebody who was generous and caring mm -hmm. enough to donate their heart. And because of I'm six feet tall, right. because of my stature, mm -hmm. I had to get a man's heart. 
Mm-hmm. So right now, my heart is a dude's heart, but <laughs> but I'm thankful to my donor because without him, I don't know where I would be. I was bed written for a while because every time I would get up, my heart rate would accelerate oh, wow. that. Yeah, and they had to, I couldn't get out of bed for a couple of days until they figured out what medication they were going to give me to get my heart, you know, where acclimated mm-hmm. yeah, to your body around yeah mm-hmm. no this is i'm sorry that was before the heart okay okay giving me this medicine this is when i still had the lvad on okay but yeah so going through that and just realizing that somebody gave me they left their heart, their heart for somebody that's and such a generous gift that somebody was me such a generous gift you know it is do you know the donor's family actually this last christmas Mm -hmm. she reached out to um to i forgot the name of the the company because when i asked about it they told me i couldn't contact them there was no way to contact them Mm -hmm. but i i found out that that there was actually a way to contact them she actually found me Mm. and she sent me this beautiful card explaining that was her son that passed away he had he was a truck driver he loved basketball and um he had a 12 year old daughter as I said I think um he has a 12 year old daughter and he was such a a good guy you know he loved basketball which was touching to me right because your son yeah my son Girl, you about to make me cry. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, and I sent her back a letter, you know, mm-hmm. thanking her, you know, and telling her how amazing her son is to even consider, you know, mm-hmm. at that young age. Uh, he was 33. Mm. So with that being said, his, um, I think it's, I, I don't know, I may be wrong with the age. It was either 33 I believe it was 33. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's correct. Um, but anyway, you know, thanking her for raising a child like that to be as, you know, at his young age to even think about others and saving mm-hmm. lives. You know, when be a donor in my twenties and thirties, I wasn't thinking about donating nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. But later on in life I did, you know. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, now that I need it, I'm making sure that everybody that can donate their organs to Put it on your license. Go ahead and do it. Right. You never know who's going to need it. And it saves lives. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's get to the heart story. Mm-hmm. You're a cancer survivor. You're a heart transplant survivor. But in the midst of all of these things, your biggest your biggest survival, your survival of losing your baby boy. Run us through that day. Okay. This was actually one and only son. My one and only son. I had three, I have three children, which mm-hmm. is my oldest daughter, Raven, my son, Anthony, who passed away, and my youngest daughter, Ania. Okay. So this particular day, Ania was up. It was 6.45 in the morning. She's about to go get on the school bus. She 
couldn't find her shoes. So she goes in Anthony's room and looks for her shoes. I don't know why her shoes were in his room, but anyway, um, her shoes were, were in his room. And she went in the room to get her shoes. She saw Anthony slouched in the corner of the room on some blankets, just slouched over. And she she said she called him. It was like, Anthony, Anthony, what you know, why you won't get up? Anthony, whatever. She said at that time his pants were were halfway down. Mm -hmm. And my son was very particular about exposing his stuff in any type of way around mm -hmm. us because he was the only male in the house. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, so he wasn't he wasn't the person to you know, to expose himself even in, even in his sleep, you uh -huh. know, so she came running to my room and banged on my door, opened the door and was like, mommy, mommy, get up. Something's wrong with Anthony. And, you know, mind you, at that time I had the LVAC. Uh -huh. um, I was, that was four years ago. I connected, disconnected my LVAC and I told her, go to school. He'll be fine. Go to school. <laughs> I, I disconnected my LVAD and connected it to my, to the batteries, went in his room, only to find him laid in that corner, looking like he was asleep. So, you know, I'm asking, get up, asking, get up. I go over to the, to where he was, where he was sitting. Slouch. Mm -hmm. Yes. He was literally looking like he was asleep. So I went to tap him. And I noticed he was cold. He was cold. Mm. So I'm thinking to myself, this cannot, this can't be. I just thought, let him in the house the day before, um, the night before at, mm -hmm. at 12 o'clock um, that night, the night before. He always would lose his keys. So I wouldn't give him another key to the house because the boy would lose the keys. He anyway. Like it was, <laughs> I don't even need these, you know. So I, I'm like, call me when you're here, and I'll open the door for you, you know. So that that night, he I opened the door for him. He was drinking an Arizona iced tea, and I had just, I had just, um, I think it was probably two weeks before. Mm -hmm. I was looking at the Nipsey Hustle mm -hmm. event mm -hmm. and I was sitting there with my daughter. Pause right there. When you say event, you're talking about him dying, right? Yeah, actually. Okay. Actually, he passed, I think, two weeks before. Mm -hmm. The night that Anthony came in the house, my oldest daughter, Raven, and I, we were sitting there and we were looking at the um the ceremony mm. um, for his death and his mom was speaking that mm -hmm. same night the mm -hmm. night before August 14th well mm -hmm. yeah but they were she was speaking on the 13th so it was the so, funeral his funeral yes. Mm -hmm. yes so she's speaking at that funeral and I'm sitting there that night whole time I just kept getting this crazy feeling I'm a person usually can feel when something bad Off. is happen I don't know mm -hmm. who it's going to be I don't know what it's going to be but I can usually have you know a sensation of knowing something's mm -hmm. going to happen 
this mm -hmm. particular day while I was watching that show, Tamika, I had tears constantly rolling down my eyes. I wasn't upset looking at it. I was touched. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, geez, why do I keep, why do my eyes keep watering like this? Mm -hmm. And I'm telling my daughter at the same time, you know, I don't know how any mother could go through that. I don't know how, I, I, I don't know if I could make it without one of y'all. I'm telling her this, that same night, mm. <laughs> telling her, I don't know if I can make, my kids are my life. Everybody knows that mm -hmm. about me. My mm -hmm. kids are everything to me, you know. Um, so finding him, you know, in that position. Cold. Cold. I ran out that room and banged on my daughter's door. room door and screamed to her, call 911. Something's mm -hmm. wrong with Anthony. As I was alerting her, I ran to my mom's room. My mm -hmm. mom was already on her way out the door because she heard all the ruckus. Mm -hmm. So she's coming out the door as I speak to Raven. And I, I said, Ma, I think Anthony is deceased. Mm -hmm. I, touched, I said, Ma, I touched him. He's cold. He's solid. And she was like, no, no, he not. You know, she ran mm -hmm. in the room. And she's touching him all the same. And we're, you know, trying to wake him up. Up. I'm mm -hmm. like, this, this can't be. I just saw him. I just saw him six hours ago. This can't be. So <sighs> the ambulance get th gets there and they told me that he had been deceased for more than two hours. Rigor mortis had already set in right because I'm looking at them like resuscitate him. Why, why right. You know, doing right. something bring him back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and and the before that, the um, the operator on the phone was telling me to lay him flat on the ground on the floor mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and give him chest compressions or whatever. And I was telling her, I said he's cold. I said my son was six feet nine inches. Mm -hmm. I couldn't move him. He was like a rock. And mind oh. you, my chest, your heart, right, hurting. My daughter, she, the oldest one. She went outside to meet the ambulance. When when the ambulance was coming, my younger daughter, who's at the bus stop, comes running back up the hill to the house because she realized that something happened to my brother. Why they call right. me? Right. So she came in there and had to tell her that her only and oldest brother is now deceased. Mm. So we went through a lot. We went through a lot trying to get past past that situation and when I tell you you know <laughs> but when I tell you I never thought that I would bury my son mm -hmm. before them burying me mm -hmm. yeah. um, we got through we got through that part you know and one of my cousins, before I was ready to disclose that this had happened to him, he posted it on Instagram. So everybody on this, in the city was ringing his phone, ringing my phone, people showing up at the door. Mm. They didn't even move my son from my home until later that day. 
he was there a lot hours. Mm. hours and hours and hours. Yeah, I think he was he was literally it was six six forty five when we found him. Mm -hmm. And they pronounced him deceased on his record at seven, you know, when they got there to say mm -hmm. that he was deceased or whatever. They didn't, they didn't move him probably until like two o'clock that evening. Mm. So he's still in his room, you know, waiting for the, the people. Medical examiner. Mm -hmm. Waiting for them to come and pick him up. Mm. You know? And I have people just coming Come to, into your house. house yeah and I couldn't even absorb what was going I couldn't right. even absorb what was happening mind you that he had a baby on the way when he when he passed my grandson he passed away when his mom was five months four mm -hmm. four months mm -hmm. and his birthday my grandson's birthday is August 9th which is next Wednesday and my son's birthday is August 14th. Uh, so, and mind you, I should have had a picture of them so you can see exactly, so the people could see he's identical literally from his yes. to his literally, eyes, literally lips, everything, even some of the stuff that he does, he stands exactly like my son. He stands, and you know, and looking at him, he is my inspiration. He he is, oh my God, when I tell you I love that baby. Mm. <laughs> he's a handful, but I love him so much. And I he, said he's him, life. He's life. He's the circle of life. He mm. represents like spirit never dies. Like, whew, for me. look at that. <laughs> I got chills literally talking about my grandson. That's mm -hmm. my heart. He's my only grandson, and it just so happened to be the Lord saw fit to leave me part of Anthony, mm -hmm. which I'm so grateful for. In his in his image, in his likeness, in his mm -hmm. yeah. When I tell you, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm like that's reincarnation of my son. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Literally. Yep. So okay. In knowing. And going through that, uh, meanwhile, you're still dealing with the LVAT. You don't even have yes. your new heart yet. You're. I'm still with the LVAT. I'm going to say this from a person who's gone through a, a few storms, okay? Me and our story mirrors each other so much. It's ridiculous. Yes. Um, did you ever want to say, God, really, this too? Like. <laughs> Tamika, when I tell you, <laughs> and I was like, I know I shouldn't be questioning God. I, I know that for a fact. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be questioning questioning God. But that time, mm -hmm. I was like, why? Why me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, my baby's been here for 24 years. It wasn't enough to me. Mm -hmm. You know, and it wasn't like it was something where he was sick. This boy, <laughs> he was healthy and fine. They took an autopsy. Uh, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I had an autopsy done because mm -hmm. he passed away in the house. So that's mandatory. Mm -hmm. They did the autopsy and I found out that my baby passed away from oxycodone, overdose of oxycodone. Mm. I wasn't, well, 
I had an issue with him one time prior to that mm -hmm. with the oxycodone. I was told that, you know, he had to go to the hospital because, mm -hmm. you know, he was reacting to the oxycodone. So mm -hmm. the girl that he was with had the ambulance to come and get him. They took him to the hospital that time. So when he got home, you know, that time, that time I talked to him, you know, I was like, this is not for you. I've, mm -hmm. I've been through close relatives. Almost my entire family has used drugs. Mm -hmm. And I, I vowed to myself as a teenager that I wasn't going to put my children through that. When I have kids, I'm not going to put my children through that. Right. They'll never see me high off drugs or, you know, entertaining with people or, or, or socializing with people who use drugs. You know, that was my promise. You know, I made to your children as a teenager. Mm -hmm. So when I found out that my baby, my only son passed away from oxycodone, I was hurt. I couldn't, mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this, this can't be right. This can't be right. We had the conversation. He told mm -hmm. me that it was over. You know, he would, he would never touch it again. And mm -hmm. I'm trusting my baby. Mm -hmm. He's not going to lie to me. He's not going to tell me that I'm not going to do something and do it mm -hmm. anyway, and then do it to this magnitude. And what happened was he, he stopped using it. And I think that that particular time when he went back to use it, he was a postal worker. He used to come home and complain um, about his body hurting all the time. And I'm not making an, an excuse for why mm -hmm. he used it, mm -hmm. but I'm only assuming. You're linking it to that. Yeah. That this is, only, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because every day he would come, he would go to work at 730 and he would get home about 730. So mm -hmm. he's on his feet walking Mm -hmm. This whole time, he will finish his route every day about three o'clock. So his supervisors, because he was so fast, he was so long, had them daggone long legs. He jumping <laughs> and everything delivering me. <laughs> so they would have him to help other carriers out because, you know, because he's Spanish and he still got the day to go. So he would do that and he would help him. Normally he wouldn't get you, you know, every day he would get home from seven. He would work from seven to seven. And he worked six days a week. He was only off on Sundays. Mm -hmm. um, he could come home and complain about how sore his body was from walking his neck. You know, everything. As soon as he walked in the door, he would sit on a couch just to... He was tired. ...gather mm -hmm. himself, you know, and I'm eventually I'm fussing, get off the couch, you're all sweaty, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, get off and the he's couch. And he's six nine, so like, mm -hmm. yeah, he probably was hurting. He had to yeah. duck and not, maneuver, not to, and mm -hmm. not to mention he had um, Marfan's disease, which is a disease you know for people with long limbs mm. and everything. Um, so he had that, in which his heart was a little bigger than it was supposed to be. Okay, so for like, his body. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, and with him doing doing the drug or whatever it just it just didn't match you know um, it didn't it didn't match we got the autopsy and that's what it, that's what they told me so I had to live with that you know and then I'm also thinking to myself you know did he is it anything that I could have done you know I I, oh, I always am thinking 
why did I go to bed so early that night? Mm. I went to bed at 11.30. Normally, I'm in the living room <laughs> looking at TV until 2 in the morning, you know, and the living room was right near his room. So he'd mm-hmm. be like, Mom, go to bed, go to bed, you know. Mm-hmm. But this Trying to take care day, of you. Yes. This particular day, I stayed up. I mean, I stayed up until 12.30 and then went in my room. So, mm-hmm. you know, so there's always that thought of, what if I was awake? Would I have mm-hmm. heard something? Mm-hmm. You know, would I heard him falling onto those blankets because he had to hit the wall to fall because he was so close in the corner? You know, I'm just, I, I was always thinking of what could I have done. But now that I know better, you know, and that I think differently, it wouldn't have mattered. That was his time. He served his purpose on this earth. And when I tell you my son was a good guy, Yes, he was. Two people from burning cars that he didn't know. It was a grandmother who actually passed away um, in a car crash on, I think it was Easter. Mm -hmm. She passed away in a car crash. Her grandson was in the car. The car was flaming. My son got in the car and got the little boy out. Got the little Mm. boy in the car. And then there was another accident on um, Silver Hill Road here in PG County and a man had crashed. He pulled him from a burning car as well. His dream was to be a firefighter. That's what he wanted to do. So he didn't get to live out his dream, but he definitely saved lives while he was here. As a firefighter, because he did it through fire. Praise God, look. (laughs) Um, the, The interesting back back story is that Anthony, father had passed away while you were pregnant no yeah he was born okay he was born okay so he didn't grow up with his father and now his son doesn't get to grow up with his father but literally little when we found out that anthony had passed and that his baby was being born i just was like wow if you keep living God will just continuously just show you some things that will just blow your mind. Yes. Yes. I'm so. And just the fact that when you, okay, so we will link your Instagram and Facebook page after this. And I'm sure you'll have pictures of Anthony and your grandbaby, um, Sage, so that people can see like what we're talking about. Um, You know, when my son passed away and then everybody was so excited that Brichet was having a boy and <laughs> Isaiah's whole face is right there. <laughs> when I say entirely, his entire face <laughs> is Isaiah. It, grandpa, yeah. His entire face is it's his uncle's. <laughs> so I, I want to say this, that to see you struggle with that and to know that you needed a heart. I just was like, God, just keep her so that she can get her heart. Cause it's nothing like the loss of a child It's heartbreaking. If you lose your heart, like I never experienced heartbreak before in my life until my son passed away. And to know that that was going to be part of your journey because that was part of my journey. And I knew like, wow, she needs a heart though, God, you know? So my prayer 
for you was always God keep her heart peaceful, you know, give her, you know, give her what she needs to, to continue her journey. She has, she's still got life to live, you know? Um, but I knew that you would feel the tremendous break of your heart mm -hmm. in losing your son. Um, how did you get through those hard nights, Marlo? The silence, because it becomes silent mm -hmm. in a, in a crowded home. It becomes so silent when you have when you have to experience loss of a child it's like I don't care who's around you feel like it's quiet and you know Anthony was the clown. The life of the party <laughs> he gonna make, if he ain't gonna do nothing else he gonna make you laugh yes he is Any anyway um, after his funeral service my oldest daughter in which who's she's I think four and a half years four years apart from Anthony. So they they were very, very close. It was okay. them for a long time. My oldest daughter and my youngest daughter are nine years apart, I mm -hmm. think. And, um, you know, so her it was her and Anthony for a long time. And um, and living in the home that where he passed away, it was too hard. Much. It mm -hmm. was too much. My daughter wouldn't, she, she would come home from work mm -hmm. and she would go straight to her room. Um, she not her room my room actually uh -huh. she would get in my bed and she would sit in the bed all day long she wouldn't she wouldn't come out in the living room when she came out she was going straight out the door to go to work uh -huh. she wasn't eating or anything um so we had to you know she asked me mommy do you do you feel do you think we can move from here uh -huh. this is like this is like immediately after his service she's asking me that and I'm like move you know how much it costs you know to move and I'm like you you don't think you could stay here you know me thinking that my you youngest stay daughter, close to him that's what I'm thinking mm -hmm. this is the last place that I saw my baby mm -hmm. you know so I it was a thing where I'm like you know you didn't I'm want to move mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. because my daughter was impacted so badly mm -hmm. the oldest one and the youngest one I had to well, we all had we all had to go through therapy mm -hmm. for his loss. Actually, I still do um, mm -hmm. talk to somebody because I'm, I'm I'm still not over it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's four years, and it seems like yesterday to me. Mm -hmm. Um, so she asked if we could move, you know, and I was like, yeah, I, you know, if you you feel that you can't stay here, and my youngest daughter, she was against it too. She didn't want to look to move, and which surprised me because I'm like, she's the one that found him, you know. Mm -hmm. But she said she she didn't want. She was like, "Mommy, I don't want to go," or whatever. And so I talked to her, you know, and explained to her that you know your sister's having, you know, severe. This is severe trauma for her, right, and right. maybe it'll be best if we all have a new, you know, beginning, a, mm -hmm. a new space you know, without so many memories. I said, every time we walk past this door, we're going to think of, we're going to think of him, mm -hmm. you know, and I said, maybe this will give our minds a little peace, mm -hmm. you know? So we did, we moved, um, two weeks after the service and, um, Ray I did the same thing. I couldn't did. say, yeah, yeah. I couldn't say too much. And, mm -hmm. I would stay out of the house as long as I could. I would go over anybody's house just to sit mm. and be out of my space. You know, not realizing myself at the time, I I needed to leave mm -hmm. because I'm not even staying in here. 
I'm going, you know, I'm calling Raven or I'm calling her or she's calling me like, mom, where you at? Because she wanted to come wherever I was. She wasn't right. staying in the house. Right. My daughter, the oldest one, slept with me for six months straight. Wow. Even in the new space, she slept with me six months straight because she was, she just felt that she needed my comfort. And mm -hmm. she's still like that. If something bothers her, she'll get in my bed in a minute. And mind mm -hmm. you, she's 33. <laughs> yeah, I have an undeniable bond. <laughs> oh my gosh, when I tell you, undeniable, that girl, that's my little. <laughs> Even though the younger one looks more like me, I think the oldest one is definitely my shadow. Mm -hmm. The younger one, she's like, Ania, she's like, oh, I see you, mom. You be all right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> ain't going through everything. You know, she's like, you'll be all right. But yeah, mm -hmm. she, they both um, suffered tremendously. We all did, you mm -hmm. know, and still are. It's too, it was too tragic. It was too sudden. It was too, it was too many things. And yes. like you said, his light was so bright. Yes. And to have to, what would you say to anyone who is dealing with substance abuse from their kids? Mm -hmm. Like fentanyl, we know that opioids are the, the, the rave. Like, what is your message now? Cause you, that, that's part of your now, you know. Mm -hmm. I would tell anybody. It's not worth it. Mm -mm. It's not worth it. You have families mm -hmm. who are left mm -hmm. with the pieces. Picking up to the try pieces. to put the yes. pieces together yes. to continue to live because my heart was in, literally in pieces. Mm. You know, first of all, it don't work. I'm sitting <laughs> here with a bag to keep it going. You know, my damn heart not working. Now my emotional heart is not working. Right. So, you know, I had to, you know, talk myself through this. I'm like, okay, first of all, I got to be strong for my babies. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to realize that, you know, my strength is everything to them. Mm -hmm. But back on the subject of people using drugs, I would tell them it's not worth it. Stay away from drugs. You know, it affects all of us, whether yes, you, it think does. you whether you think it does or not, believe me, somebody in your family, friends, or somewhere cares. Mm. You know, and it's it's not worth it. Say no to drugs, period. Mm. You know, and I I did a video on my um YouTube page, in which I'll share later. Okay. Um, there's a video on there. Um, I think it was two years ago mm -hmm. on his birthday. I put a video on there sharing how I felt about um, oxycodone and warning people not to use it. He has so many friends that I know for sure that used it, mm. you know, and Anthony was like one of those friends that don't go away. Once you know him, you know him. He's he was the life of the party. So mm -hmm. everybody, you know, was impacted. Everybody mm -hmm. wanted to be his friend, you know, mm -hmm. and um, with me telling them that my son was six foot nine, big guy, you know, weighing uh two, what was he wearing? Two forty, I think, mm -hmm. when he passed away, mm -hmm. or two twenty five, two forty, I think, um. But anyway, he was a he was a big guy, 
You know, so I'm like, if, if these little pills can take this boy away. Trust me. <laughs> what it can do to you, because most of y'all are uh, way more than him. Right. So, you know, I, I just try to warn people to stay away from drugs. Just say no. And you have so many of them right now using fentanyl, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. lacing it, you know, however they do. I don't know how they do it. But anyway, you know, lacing, lacing drugs and, and getting high off of this stuff. It's killing our people. It's killing us. Mm -hmm. It's killing other races, too. Not mm -hmm. to mention, mm -hmm. you know, but I'm just speaking on. Which you know to be true. Yes. I, I want to thank you for for telling that part of his story. I want to thank you for sounding, ringing the alarm that, you know, drugs took your baby's life. You know, just just the choice of saying yes to the drug. You, you don't even know what you're really saying yes to ultimately. Okay. Um, so thank you for um, coming on my platform to share that, but also, you know, warning others. I hope that anyone who's listening to this can, you know, understand that their life does matter. Because, you know, kids, you know, they're using drugs for a whole lot of different reasons. Some mm -hmm. of them just using it to party, not knowing that that could be your last hit. Mm -hmm. um, some of them are using it to take some of their ills away. But look, the problems won't still be there. So, mm -hmm. you know, the best thing you could do is just deal with your issues. You know, mm -hmm. go talk to someone. Someone wants to hear mm -hmm. you out. You know, mm -hmm. find, some, find a safe space. Um, where does your strength come from, Marlo? Mm -hmm. I know you said your kids, but My how son. do you care for yourself? How do you care for yourself in all these things? Well... Through all the journeys of, you know, that I've been through with all the heart surgeries, with the cancer, with my son, it gave me a whole new light, light you know, as far perspective. as. I would, yeah, I'm, I am. I've always been protective um, mm -hmm. of my children, always and always will be. Um, but it gave me a new light on um, living my life, you know. I've been through hell and back. Yes. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like ain't nothing ever happened to me. If you didn't see these scars, you wouldn't even know that I've been through anything, you know? So my strength comes from the Lord. I pray yes. and I ask him to see me through, you know, through whatever I'm going through. That's the, that's the first thing I'm going to do is pray and ask him to help me get over this. Help mm -hmm. me, guide me the right way, you know? and I just live my life as I want to now you know I'm not I'm not caring for other people as more much than yourself because before Tamika I was taking care of everybody mm -hmm. doing what I could for everybody taking in kids doing whatever I had to do to help my family to mm -hmm. help you know to help everybody but I wasn't helping myself right you know not even knowing that, you know, I'm going. If you're it. not here to help it, your, yourself, you can't really help anybody else. Exactly. That's that mask on when you get on the plane. And we mm -hmm. forget that they tell you to put your mask on first. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. So, so you, 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 you've experienced self-love in a beautiful exactly. way. Okay. I did. I did. You look so good. You, you look so good. So I can see it shining through you. 
Um, why was it important for you to share your story today? It was important to me because I wanted to let people know the people that are going through struggles with cancer, mm-hmm. let them know, be strong. Always know that it's going to be okay. You know, fight. Don't mm-hmm. give up. Fight mm-hmm. until your last fight. Just keep going. Don't even think that you're going anywhere. You know, mm. even if the odds are against you, still have faith and know that you're going to be okay. You know, and the ones who didn't make it, it was, they had done all that they needed to do on this earth. And it was just their time, unfortunately. Um, people that are going through heart disease, don't give up. Mm. That heart is going to come. You know, just live your life as you were before. You may be a little slower, a Mm -hmm. lot winded, um, you know, have to do things in a different manner, Mm -hmm. but don't let it stop you. I didn't let it stop me. I was still on the plane with the (laughs) LBAD. Yes, you were. (laughs) Going to California from from PG County. I ain't care. Uh Uh-uh. This ain't going to stop me. I'm going to keep living. You with know, a so smile on your face as big huh. as yes like ain't that wrong what bag <laughs> the bag was a part of your accessory <laughs> that definitely was as ugly as it was it was a part of my accessory oh my god but yeah you know just think that just know that you you can you can you can make it and don't stop living I will not stop living until I can't live no more. I love that you never lost your sense of humor through all of it. You always had a smile. And I mean, listen, to to watch your journey really play out. Like I've seen you on your sick bed. I've seen you, you know, with that LV pack here in California and other places. Like you show up. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> no matter um, what. Yes. Um, how was it okay I'm your younger cousin and Mm -hmm. just by a few years so I've always admired your tenacity your strength you you was like I remember I wanted to go to Eastern High School because you went to Eastern High School and you was like a majorette I wanted to you worked you know you always worked I always worked you know we kind of I just kind of followed your 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 path in a way, and you know, admir- I, I admired you from afar. Um, but how was it through your journey to be so independent and always to. work, and then to one day you can't work? How how was that? I had to be. I had to be strong for my family. You know, I'm a family oriented person. My family is my is my life, you know, so I'm always trying to make sure everybody's okay, you know, making Mm -hmm. sure that first of all, the kids are taken care of, Mm -hmm. you know, making sure the people that are struggling with drugs, even when I was younger, I tried to help them, Mm -hmm. you know, I had to help a family member who was close and dear to my heart with her children. Mm-hmm. And I would always make sure that they were okay. Mm-hmm. You know, family to me is everything. And um, yeah, just just had to keep pushing and keep believing that I'm gonna be okay. I want to um, talk about. 
I want to talk about the art that's behind you on the wall. Yes. <laughs> so you, you, I thought you picked up the talent be, because you were at home more and you was like, no, I just picked it back up. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that because um, they're beautiful pieces. Thank you. Yeah, I, I started um, painting before I got sick and I stopped, you know, for a couple, maybe a year or two, I think, um, once the LVAD was placed, I, you know, would wrap it up and get back to my painting. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I love art. That's one of the things that, that I've always loved, but I never knew that, mm -hmm. you know, I had that create. time. I mean, mm -hmm. to try to create and you know do all these different things and stuff and um it's 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 a thing that I still right now need to get back into you know we we've moved into a bigger space so you know I just haven't pulled out my stuff yet but okay. you know I think I've, I've done one painting since we've been here um but yeah I need to get back to that because it's so it it takes me out of you know, I'm in my own world when I'm mm -hmm. painting. I forget to eat. <laughs> I forget to drink. I mean, I literally wow. sitting there for hours, like I'm at work somewhere. Dang. Wow. You know? It's your really creative, God-given talent. Wow. It is that I never knew. I wish I'd have known that when I was younger. It's, <laughs> you it's your escapism. Yeah, it is. Definitely. Wow. Definitely. Yep. What does your future look like, girl? Right now, as far as I'm concerned, my future is bright as hell. <laughs> I got a new man. He's in a whole different country. Okay. <laughs> you ain't even know about that one. We're not. We're going to have to have a sidebar conversation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but he'll be coming to see me soon or either I'm going there to see him soon. So I'm excited okay. about that. But I'm not letting anything stop me. I'm living my life. Um, you know, I'm living my life to the fullest. And, you know, I'm I'm just living right now. I don't worry about when I tell y'all worry about nothing, my daughter be like, Mom, you don't care about nothing. I'm like, I worried enough in my life. I'm over worrying. <laughs> I'ma do me. I, I don't care who don't that. like it. But I love I'm, it. I'm living for me to make. You know, <laughs> just took my first trip to we we just came off of a um, vacation to the Bahamas, uh, a cruise. And mm -hmm. I hadn't been on, I hadn't been in water for the past. Yes. Yeah, I think it's been like eight years since I've wow. been able to submerge myself in water. Right. So I went to the beach, girl. I was all out in the ocean. <laughs> trying, to, trying to backhand swim. <laughs> Uh -uh. on the raft falling all off in the water so you know I'm living I'm living I'm loving it I love that for you <laughs> yep um my last question we can wrap up what advice would you give to anyone else going through any type of hardship I would tell them keep the faith and know that it's gonna be all right it's gonna be all right pray about it and leave it alone. Leave it in the Lord's hand. Whatever you whatever you're going through, leave it in his hands. He'll make a way out of no way. When I tell you he will, he will. And I truly believe that. That 
you know, that's my that's my only that's the first person I go to. Mm. The Lord. Always. Always. Yep. <laughs> Thank you so much. Maria, yes. Thank you for sharing your amazing story of triumph, um, victory. Like you just, girl, you you're a whole walking freaking, yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and I know that God is still not done. He still has so much more for you. It's 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 gonna be amazing to see how it all turns out. It is and how it keeps unfolding for you because I know that he has not spared your life this many times for nothing and I know that Anthony's life mattered I know that you will do some great things in his memory yes so I love you um please let my viewers know how they can contact you you can contact me through my Instagram which is back ends Riley We'll have it printed at the bottom. Yeah. And um, yeah, through, through my Instagram, also on TikTok. Not much on okay. there, but okay. anyway, TikTok. But I'll give you that information. It's a link at the bottom, bottom okay. for the people and Facebook as well. Okay. So we'll be looking forward to those new art pieces and yeah. also that book, that yeah. movie. It's yes. like a movie. It's 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 a movie. Yes. <laughs> it's giving movie. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I really, really, uh, I was supposed to forward you what I started. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Still Thank you, Marlo Hager. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for sharing today. Thank you for your yes. And I love you. Thank you. I love you too.